Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. This week is a pretty big episode. We've made it past one full month of the Life Inspired. And I'm so excited to announce that today we are airing our first episode on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So this is an episode uh, to celebrate that we're on Apple Podcasts now. Um, If you have iTunes, you can find us there. And to celebrate, I have a really, really interesting guest. But before we get into that, I do just want to say that I totally acknowledge that everyone who is listening to today's episode probably isn't expecting uh, the topic that we're going to get into and may have thoughts, feelings, or opinions that differ from my own. And uh, While I want to respect that, I also think that we, or that I have gotten to a point in my life where I have heard out everyone's opinions on, on how I should live my life. And I think it's only fair that, um, you give my thoughts on this, a listen to, um, and hopefully even if we don't agree on everything, uh, we can still love and support one another. And so, Today, we are talking about a very gay Q&A, and I'm just so happy that our guest today is, for a more formal bio, um, he is a tech guru uh, with a specialty in software distribution, and uh, I'm just really proud of him and everything that he does. But today, I am talking to my boyfriend, Nick Masters. So hi, Nick. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Nick doesn't love the spotlight, so I think this is a little bit out of your comfort zone, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I was conned into doing this, but we'll have fun. <laughs> I wanted to have Nick on for the special celebration of the Apple Podcast episode. Um, so Nick is actually going to be guest hosting today's episode once we get into the the main interview so that he doesn't have to answer as many questions, but I'm so excited to talk to him. I also am excited for, we'll call them our special guests number two and number three, the crows outside my window. Can you hear those, Nick? <laughs> Not right now. Thank goodness. So let's hope that it stays that way. <laughs> if anyone hears some birds in the background, uh, two two crows have just decided that they're going to have a little fight outside my window, but we have the cat standing guard and, and hopefully they're going to leave us alone and stay quiet. Um, should we get into the news inspired? Let's do it. So our first headline this week is a big one for me. The COVID-19 vaccine is becoming more and more accessible to everyone in this country. We have accessibility expanding and eligibility expanding across the country. Um, In California, where we are, I know eligibility, I think it was like April 15th, anyone can get it. Yeah, Yeah. so that's you, right? I know, very exciting. And then I'll be getting my vaccine actually in Illinois. And I think I'm eligible now, um, but I'm scheduling an appointment for uh, sometime next month. So I'll be getting it as quickly as I can get there to to get the shot. So vaccine eligibility is just so exciting because we I heard on the news, um, I think it was today that they said a little over 20% of American adults are fully vaccinated now. And so I think we can really all see the the bright light at the end of the tunnel. 100%. By June, we'll be good. Well, we'll be both hopefully vaccinated. So that will definitely be a a good step forward, getting back to the norm. 
so excited about it. The second headline is also an exciting one, I think, for a lot of people, but not as much for me. But um, Major League Baseball is welcoming guests to all of their games this year, I, as long as nothing changes. You know, hopefully these variants and everything will stay stay uh, at the side. But their plan is to have uh, fans in the stands at every single MLB game this year. Hmm, that's pretty cool. Hopefully that goes well. I'm curious as to if they're just doing temperature checks or vaccine cards or how that's going to play out, but fingers crossed. I know. I think everyone's doing it a little bit differently, and I was listening to an interview um, with one of the, the league's executives, and he was saying that a lot of it is just determined by local laws and what they'll allow, but it is good that news, and sense. it is all safe, you know? Yeah. Um, so masks, uh, temperature checks, and, and proof of vaccination and negative tests, all kinds of good stuff. Um, yeah. And of course, our third headline is that The Life Inspired is now on Apple Podcasts, and I could not be more thrilled. We, I'm actually encouraging everyone to go listen. If you're listening on Spotify this week, that's awesome. But if you could just go, you know, whether it's next week or you want to finish this week's episode, go listen on Apple because um, you can leave reviews and you can rate the show there. And so we can really interact a lot more. And it really does help our show if you do leave us a little review or a comment or a five-star review so really really thrilled that we're able to finally be on apple got all of our approvals and everything um, and we are good to go so go check us out on apple podcasts so this has been the news inspired and i really hope that these are just a few of the first headlines that will uh, put a little smile on all of our faces over the next couple of weeks so now we are going to launch into a very gay Q&A. And so, Nick, I'm going to actually hand over the hosting responsibilities to you. Oh, dear. I don't I think you may regret this, but I, yeah. everybody bear <laughs> with me. This is out of my normal comfort zone, but let's see. Let's see how we do. All right. So a very gay Q&A. Uh, question number one, Jace. Uh, can you explain your identity as a gay person? So. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this topic on this particular episode, because this will be an episode that, um, you know, I'm pushing out quite a bit. And so I thought it was a, a really important topic for me. So it was just a good one to put on um, an episode that so many people in my own life will hear. And I think most people know this about me, but um, growing up, was a difficult experience. You know, I've talked about before on this podcast, I felt like I didn't fit in in a lot of ways. And this was this was one of the things in my life that made me feel a little bit like an outsider because I grew up in the Midwest where not just your sexuality, but really anytime you're different, it it not always, but can definitely be seen as something that makes you an outcast or unacceptable or even like people might look down on you like you're some kind of deviant. And so it was really hard for me to accept my identity. There were a lot of different stages of being more open and accepting of myself and then reverting back into the closet. Um, and over the 24 years of my life, you know, I think I've told different people different things about myself, but I've just in the past probably like two years come into full acceptance of who I am. And understanding that 
my identity as a gay person, while it's an important part of me, it's not who I am. It doesn't change who I am. And that's the big thing I just have to remind myself. And I think a lot of people, you know, who find out for the first time that I am gay is that it doesn't make me any different than if I was a straight person, you know, I'm still Jace and there's still a lot of other facets to me. Um, this is just one of the, the, the parts of, of who I am that has shaped me into who I am. Yeah, no, 100%. I think everybody has a different experience or a different way of explaining their identity. Yeah. Uh, all right. We got question number two. Uh, how do you reconcile your sexuality with your faith? So I'm glad we're getting this out of the way early in the episode because <laughs> I think even if you don't know me and you've just heard this podcast a few times, you have probably figured out that I am a Christian and I'm really proud of my faith. It is the biggest part of my identity is who I am in God. And, um, you know, on most episodes of this podcast, I haven't even intended for that to come out, but it does just because that is the the biggest part of who I am. Um, but I am a gay Christian, and I think it's important to recognize how I how I always word that is that I am a Christian, and I use gay as the adjective there, and Christian is the noun because my faith and my belief in my relationship with God takes takes precedence. And then the fact that I'm gay is just kind of a side factor. You know, it has definitely over the years been something that impacts the way that I relate to God and, and that I view my faith because it's really difficult, um, especially in the Christian faith, where so many people will tell you, you cannot be someone who is attracted to the same gender and someone who has a relationship with God. So it has, I don't think that me being gay has hurt my relationship with God. It's so much as the Christian church has hurt my faith in that a lot of people don't want me to be fully myself and be fully a part of the Christian faith community. There was a long time where I wasn't even sure how I could reconcile those two. And um, I went to Bible college. And while I was studying to get my PR degree, I also took a ton of theology classes and have a minor in theology. And um, also, I've, I've just been in the church and studied the Bible my whole life. And um, I've come to a lot of conclusions about there are some things that are very obviously misinterpreted in most common Bibles. And there are a lot of things we have to talk about when we look at like the Old Testament versus the New Testament. But I can confidently say that I am a Christian and that I am gay and that God accepts that and does not hold any judgment because of that. Yeah, that's definitely a, an interesting question. Um, I think, you know, I both came up in similar lights. I think you may be more... Uh, heavily on the religious side than my family, but my family's still quite, quite religious. Um, that was definitely something that I always kind of struggled with just because in, you know, on Sunday, the preacher or the pastor would be, you know, preaching that, you know, gay people are bad and fire and brimstone, and yada, yada, yada. So it was definitely something I personally struggled with is trying to basically take 
who I am, but what I'm being taught and what yeah. my family believes in and trying to meld them together um, so that, you know, everything coincided. But it's very interesting yeah. question. Yeah, no, it is. I, I remember meeting you because part of, you know, what I always wanted in, in a boyfriend was someone that uh, shared my faith and that I could go to church with and I could pray with and, and, you know, talk about my faith with even. And it, that's not common in the gay community because of how the church has treated gay people. And what's so sad is that, you know, I, I personally believe based on my genuine study and desire to find the truth about what God wants for my life, I genuinely believe that being gay is not wrong. But even for people who have done the same amount of study and have come to a different conclusion and, and may hold a different belief, you know, especially in the Christian community, the Bible does not tell us that we're here to judge people that we disagree with. And it's so heartbreaking to me, even, even if I weren't gay, like it would be heartbreaking to me that the modern church shows so much animosity towards any group of people who Yep. Are a lot of them like want to find faith, and a lot of gay people want to find that sense of purpose and belonging and know the truth. And the church won't even show that, won't even welcome them and say, We can disagree. Like they just refuse, and it's really sad. But I, it's very, very sad. You think that you know, churches would open people with their open arms and you know, mm -hmm. treat them like they'd like to be treated and so forth. But there are a lot of churches out there. And so not everyone can be painted with the same color. True. There's all different churches. And you know, I would say more and more are progressive or getting progressive in some respects um, to be more accepting, which is kind of like the bright light at the end of the tunnel that you know, they may be dark at this point in time, but things will get better just with their own personal lives, as well as with the church and faith aspect. It's so true. And you and I have found a faith community um, here in LA. We go to a church that's very affirming of us and shows us love. And I think that's been a big um, game changer for your faith and mine and that we can actually like grow and learn and worship and relate to other Christians who accept us. Yeah, no, 100%. All right, we got a, a big question. And I think we both had different experiences on, on this one. But oh gosh. what was it like to come out? Oh, boy. I know. The, the coming out story for, <laughs> for, oh, for me, it took, let's do some math here. I was 14 and 22. So it took eight years for me to, from the first time I told anyone I was gay to the point where I was ready to fully come out was an eight year process. And so when I was 14, I came out just to my parents and that was difficult. Um, I grew up in a very religious family and my dad is a pastor and it definitely took them back. Um, and they asked me not to tell anyone because they thought it was a phase. And my parents have come so far since this, and I cannot blame them at all for their response. Like, I'm sure they were shocked. I didn't give them much warning. We were on vacation when it happened. Like, I, 
I called them out in the worst possible situation to give them news that they were not expecting. So I don't blame them at all. And they've come so far and they've met you yeah. and are very like loving towards both of us in our relationship. So not to diss them in any way. Um, but they did, they asked me not to tell anyone because they thought it was a phase and they wanted to protect me because we did live in an area where it was so unacceptable to be gay in a time when it was unacceptable too. Like even 10 years ago, like things were so different from how they are today. So I told them and then about, oh goodness, I guess I was 17 the next time I told anyone. And I told one of my really good friends in high school and um, she was so accepting and was the first person I had ever told who really didn't change how she felt about me at all. And so from there, I felt more comfortable telling more and more of my friends. And when I was, I guess it was the summer between my junior and senior years of high school, I had been telling, you know, lots of my friends, but still trying to keep things a little bit on like the down low. And, you know, I didn't necessarily want, because my faith is so important to me, I didn't want people at my church to see me different. I didn't want my family to have to deal with any of that drama. Um, but because I had been telling so many of my friends and, you know, word gets around, um, there were people who were finding out and a few people uh, brought it up to my parents or like coworkers of my parents. And it just got to the point where I didn't want to have to hide anything. And my family didn't need to be in like a state where they were like defending me or didn't know the truth about me. So my parents and I just had like a really honest conversation and they said like, you just, you know, if you're going to be telling people, you have to be honest with everyone. And I think that's very true. You know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to make anyone's life harder than it needs to be. Um, so that summer I took a few weeks to really go around and tell, um, you know, my, all of my friends, those who didn't know yet, told my siblings, which was the hard, well, also told my grandparents. And I was so nervous to tell my grandparents. I asked my parents to talk to them about it. Um, and my dad did talk to my, his parents, but, um, I, I lived in the same town as, uh, my mom's mom and my grandmother and I, you know, saw each other almost every day. And so it, it was, I had to tell her and I was so nervous. And I remember saying, okay, so like she was completely affirming and accepting. And it was just another moment of, I was so scared to tell my family. And the, the person who I was probably the most scared to tell was one of the most loving in that moment. And it was a big summer for me getting everyone on board. You know, I also had to to tell my church and um, ended up needing to leave that faith community. And so that was like the first time I was out on my own um, outside of like the protective like church that I had grown up in. And um, anyway, so all that happened was almost like completely out of the closet my senior year of high school and and then moved to California started going to Bible college and was kind of pushed back into the closet, you know, in the school I was at, they really frowned on being gay. It wasn't 
necessarily against the rules, but you weren't supposed to talk about it. You couldn't have like a romantic partner. And so it was like pushed back into the closet, started working at a, uh, I did an internship at a church. They didn't really ever talk about like their beliefs on it. And I had no idea how to talk to them about it. So I just kind of went even further into the closet to the point where I was like, maybe I just won't ever talk about my sexuality. And that way I can just like focus on my faith because I didn't know that there was such a large and accepting group of Christians in the world. And so then I worked for, uh, for a church for two years while I was trying to reconcile this. And again, just, it wasn't something that I talked about. And I was like, you know what, I'm just, I knew that that church did not affirm a gay lifestyle. And I was like, I guess at this point, like, cause you know, a lot of people will say like, oh, if you don't, you don't act on it, you don't talk about it, you don't think about it, you're not really gay, you know, you can just be single forever. And so for a couple of years, I was just like, okay, maybe that'll be me. And then some things really started to uh, go down there that I didn't agree with. And I ended up leaving that church. And around that time, I met you. And I guess the rest is history. I graduated from school a couple months later um, and went to work full time at a PR agency in Los Angeles, where obviously, you know, LA is a very accepting and affirming city of, of all kinds of diverse people. And, you know, we spent a few months trying to find a church and found one that was like a block from my house that was so open and loving to both of us. And no one even like questioned us, you know, like if you and I walked into my parents' church they would be like, oh, who's your friend? We walked yeah. in there and in, like within a couple of weeks, the pastor, like no one even asked us if we were dating. He was just like, so how long have you been together? Like <laughs> it was just so open and loving. And so that was once I had at work where I could be open and a church where I could be open and I just felt safe to kind of completely be my authentic self. So that's my really, really long, I don't even know how many minutes, that was a very long, (laughs) but that was an eight year summary of me coming out. Yeah, no, that was great. And I also want to reiterate that Jace's parents are absolutely awesome. Uh, I love them to death. They have been so accepting and so warm and just welcoming whenever I've, uh, you know, hung around them or gone to their house and whatnot. So they, they are awesome. And his grandparents are awesome. (laughs) They're all pretty great, aren't they? They are. Okay. Let's go on to the next round and it is the lightning round. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. No. Okay. So the lightning round is going to be a time where we're going to throw out a few terms that have something to do with this week's topic. Um, And it helps us to just kind of lay the foundation for anyone who may not know some of the basics of what we're talking about. Um, So this week, we're going to be talking uh, just about some different uh, gay terminology, just so that everyone's kind of on the same page. All right. See, he had to take the reins back, and now he's giving them back. It's it's a sorry. No, no. When we started, Nick, Nick, and I went over everything, and I didn't think you wanted to do that part. You can do it. Don't listen to him, audience. All right. Let's get back to the back to the goal. So I'm going to give you some questions or some terms. Define them, as we just said. Let's start with lesbian. Okay, so a lesbian is a woman who is attracted uh, physically and or romantically to another woman. All right, gay. So gay then is the term for 
men who are attracted physically and or romantically to other men. It's also kind of the overarching term for the like same sex attracted community. Um, and we put uh, lesbian first and then gay in the lightning round because there's a really popular, um, a, is it an acronym? Is that what you'd call it? LGBTQ. Yeah, yeah the LGBTQ plus community. Um, so, so gay is both the, the male equivalent of a lesbian and also just kind of the overarching term for uh, the community. All right, uh, bye. So a bisexual person would be a person who's attracted to both men and women and they're that's bisexual and then there are others who may be um, like pansexual and there are a few other terms i don't want to leave anyone out but i also don't want to get any of them wrong um who kind of view their attractions or their romantic partnerships differently where they may um you know just be attracted to a person and, and not care about their gender or something like that um, but bisexual is specifically someone who is attracted to both men and women. Yeah, right. And how about transgender? So a transgender person is a part of the LGBTQ plus community, um, but instead of their identity in the community being about who they're attracted to, it's actually about their gender identity. Um, and so a transgender person is someone who is born with an assigned sex so they're born either a man or a woman physically but they identify with the opposite gender and so i think an important uh thing to remember here is that gender and sex we use them interchangeably a lot but they're actually not uh sex is a scientific term for um like male or female and it has a lot to do with reproduction you know for humans but also just like outside of humans it's like in most species you need a male and a female so that's like what sex is but gender is more psychological and it's about how you identify um and and who you identify with and you can look in textbooks like this is kind of the textbook definition and so they may a transgender person may identify with the gender that does not match the sex that they were born with and so um, a lot of times that leads to a feeling of being excluded or not welcome in their own community. Um, and so they may or may not choose to undergo surgery to change their physical sex. And we just had the, the Trans Day of Visibility, I think that's what it was called, at the end of March. Um, and actually our president, um, you know, brought up a few things, especially on social media, just to bring some visibility to that community. And they face a lot of discrimination. And so it's really important that we see um, and love on them. Definitely. And how about queer? Okay, so a queer person is anyone who fits into the LGBTQ plus community. It's anyone who really just doesn't uh, adhere to gender norms or gender roles. Uh, for the most part, it is someone within the gay or transgender community, um, but it's just anyone who doesn't feel accepted by the heteronormative uh, world and kind of stands out as their own person proudly. Awesome. And lastly, ally. Ally. So this is not part of the abbreviation of LGBTQ, um, but I wanted to throw this one in there because an ally would be a heterosexual person 
who supports the gay community. I have just as much respect for every ally out there as I do for um, you know, every gay and lesbian and transgender person because it takes a lot, I think, especially like for guys to be like a straight man who supports the gay community. Um, but it's, it's something we need more of in this world um, and something I think that is becoming more and more common. Special thanks to all the allies out there who are fighting for equality and recognition and acceptance of the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah, I 100% totally agree with that. Yeah, so I'm glad that we got to do that little lightning round to at least help people know what that abbreviation stands for. Yep, most definitely. Let's go on to the next questions. Next question. All right, so what are the worst parts of being gay? And this is a hard one, so take some time to think about it. I know. Maybe we'll get your answer on this once after, too, because I think you'll have even some different um, views than me. But I think definitely the worst part for me of being gay has been auditing myself my whole life. No matter where I am, I have to stop and ask myself, is this too gay for for the situation I'm in? And while I was growing up, that meant staying completely in the closet. Um, if I'm you know, visiting my family in the Midwest, a lot of the times it means, you know, like you and I aren't necessarily holding hands in public or anything like that. Um, if I'm, you know, visiting a church that I don't know much about, I might have to just completely mute my sexual identity to make sure and even act more masculine sometimes just to make sure that everyone else is comfortable. Um, you know, even in preparation for this podcast, I had to really seriously think about like, oh, like my parents' friends might hear this, like, am I risking them? And they didn't ask me to think about that or anything, but it's just a part of my life at this point of always having to be like, can I fully be myself in this situation or do I need to audit myself um, and, and hide? And I think that's definitely the hardest part. The second worst thing about being gay everyone just kind of acts a little bit different once they know you're gay. And sometimes it's a lot of fun, you know, like a lot of like my coworkers and things, as soon as they find out, uh, cause I work with a lot of, of girls, like straight girls. And so they're almost like more open with me and, and kind of welcoming. Um, so sometimes it's fun, but also then like, you know, if I'm in like a situation where it's like, I'll, like my worst nightmare is like a bachelor party. Like as soon as everyone there found out I was gay, like I would be, the outcast like I just don't it's it's just always different you're always treated different once everyone finds out yeah no most definitely I I would just say that there's still um in some cases just lack of acceptance and you know I think that being a hard part especially both of us coming from you know fairly conservative families that I think was probably one of the most difficult part of uh being gay or coming out as gay is not having that acceptance as you would let's say with this you know being straight where you bring your girlfriend around or something you know it would be no big deal but then when you bring your boyfriend around it's obviously like this you know massive deal and there's kind of lines that you want to stay along and don't cross them to please everybody so that's definitely a one of the worst parts in my opinion but yeah. let's uh let's get away from the worst and let's go 
to the best. What's the best yeah. parts of being gay? Um, so the, oh goodness. So I think the best thing about being gay is that I have experienced what it's like to have people disagree with me or not accept me for who I am. And because of that, I think I am able to accept others better. Um, and I don't ever want to be someone who, you know, offends or hurts someone else unintentionally. And I think so often it's easy for us to, uh, us being like everyone in this world, it's so often for us to subconsciously have biases against all kinds of people who are different than us. Um, but I think because people have had that bias against me my whole life, um, I have kind of developed a skill to identify that in myself. So I'm not perfect. I mess up so often, but I'm really glad that it has helped me to kind of develop my ability to accept others. Second biggest benefit is that um, people kind of expect you to be good with kids when you're gay. <laughs> and, you know, like I love to like talk to and teach and, and, you know, just like be around children. I just think that they have such like an optimism um, and it's so fun to like see them grow into like full people. <laughs> um, I studied to be a teacher for a while and I was a kid's pastor for a while. Like I just love working with kids. And a lot of times people will look at like a straight guy and be like, huh, wonder why he's doing that. But when they see like a gay guy doing it, they're like, oh, that makes sense. Like that's, that's what he does. Uh, so that's a big benefit. And then also third biggest benefit, there has been research done on this. So like someone could potentially Google this and find some men are definitely better kissers. It's, it's a fact. And so, um, yeah, that's definitely a, a benefit. <laughs> Interesting. I would say better dressed, you know, got a little swag. That's well, maybe funny. not, maybe not me, but well, Okay. Some, some and most. <laughs> you have some nice things, but I, you definitely are like, and this is kind of where I like where we are right now is that not every gay person has to adhere to like a gay stereotype. Like you are not like you, like if someone looked at you and just met you, like they probably wouldn't guess that you are a gay man. But yeah, I don't know. You're just a little bit more masculine in how you dress. <laughs> uh, it's probably because all my friends are all, you know, straight guys true. so that probably doesn't help but that's true oh well it is what it is <laughs> uh next question what is it like to live in a gay community and i would say la being a whole is a very you know well-known gay community i would say yeah so i didn't really know about the gay community before I lived in California. But for those who don't know, like there is just kind of this bond between all gay people. Like even if you don't really know each other, it's almost like its own culture. And I think it is because for so long, gay people could really only be themselves around other gay people. And so it just naturally became like, this is who I feel safe around. And this is who I can um, be myself with. And so finding gay community, even though I actually don't have a lot of like gay friends, <laughs> um, knowing the few that I do have and, uh, and also knowing that I live in a city that is very accepting of gay people um, and kind of even just like latching on to gay culture. Like I'm a 
big fan of RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. <laughs> you and I are like every weekend. <laughs> um, just knowing that there is that community, it really does help because, as I said, for so long, being gay felt like something that made me an outcast. And so to have this group of people that I can identify with and relate to and share struggles and um, beliefs and things like that with is honestly refreshing. Like I, sometimes yeah. I just need to know that I'm not the only one. Yep. No, that's awesome. Um, next question. Who are some inspiring queer individuals or allies that you look up to? Oh, um, okay. So I know I just said RuPaul, but RuPaul. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. while RuPaul is definitely an imperfect person, I admire how much RuPaul has taught the world to just accept and love other people. No other drag queen in history has unified people into supporting one another. And like, I don't know a single other drag queen that like, I know straight guys who look up to, but like, I know straight guys who watch RuPaul's show and Mm -hmm. like really value what RuPaul has to say. So that's a a big one for me. Um, I also have been admiring Pete Buttigieg a lot lately, who, for those who don't know, Pete Buttigieg ran for president in 2020. He was in, he actually won the first uh, Democratic primary in Iowa. And when he withdrew from the presidential race, he went to work for Joe Biden. And now he is the secretary of transportation, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's the Secretary of Transportation, um, and he is an openly gay man. He has a husband named Chaston, who's actually, like, between your age and mine, so, like, we can identify with. Um, And he's actually very conservative for a Democrat, which, you know, I always kind of fall in the middle politically, and he is a veteran, so he also, you know, a lot of the times... Um, people who maybe aren't as accepting or understanding of the gay community are still very patriotic and still have a a great deal of gratitude for our uh, military. And so he's able to relate to a lot of people on that level is that he, he is a veteran. And so I really admire him and how he's kind of normalizing being gay in the United States right now. And he doesn't like have to rub anything in anyone's face. He's not trying to like, you know, tell everyone that they're wrong if they don't like him, but he brings his husband to formal affairs. He, um, you know, is present and at the table for the highest level of like government leadership. And I just really admire and appreciate that we have someone now who's kind of like speaking up for us at the highest levels of government. Yeah, I still wish he would have, you know, became president, but I know there's always there's always the next one. Next question. Um, How do you hope the world will change for the next generation of gay people? You know, we, even in the past like four or five years, I've been honestly surprised about how accepting the world is. And we're not where we need to be. There are still countries where you can be put to death for being gay. There are still places in this country where it is commonplace to disown your children. for recognizing their own sexuality that they're born with. And there are, that is not acceptable, but we're making steps in the right direction. And 
I do think maybe we've taken a step in the right direction and then like gone to the left a little bit or something like that. Because I do like, I talk to my sister who's in middle school and she tells me like, some people will like come out because they get attention for it at this point. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we see that kind of thing also happening on like TikTok, like influencers will want to get more attention or clout. And so they'll be like, oh, I'm just going to come out because they know that there is that gay community out there who wants to support other gay people. And I don't, while I'm really glad that it's not something in this country right now where it's like, um, you know, it's not illegal. It's not like, I'm glad that we have, have made progress from that. I don't want us to lose sight of the fact that there are still people who are struggling. And I think that it's disrespectful to pretend that you're gay or to pretend that you're anything you're not just to get attention when there are actually people who are oppressed for it and who are scared to be themselves because of the backlash they'll receive. And instead of trying to get attention by fake coming out for someone who's straight, I think a better use of that energy would be to give the attention that you already get to being an ally and to making the world more accepting. So I definitely want to see us educating people, making sure that that everyone knows what a gay person is and that kids and and teens in school are taught, you know, the the history of of the gay community and also like sex ed for gay people is so important. I like that's that's a huge issue that the gay community faces is that, you know, no one talks about that for gay people. Um, and it has led to things like the AIDS crisis and things like that. And so that's really important. Um, but I also want us to get to a place where we are more accepting. And I don't think that's going to happen until in this country, especially until our faith leaders sit down. Um, you know, the U.S. Uh, faith community is overwhelmingly a Christian faith community. And um, there have been parts of the Bible that have been misinterpreted intentionally or not, or maybe people aren't, you know, when we read a passage in Deuteronomy, that's a part of the Old Testament law that's next to don't eat shellfish. It's like, well, maybe we should look at at what the New Testament has to say about redemption and how we've come past that. And so I think a big part of it is also going to have to be our faith leader sitting down and acknowledging, you know what, we have messed up in the past However, um, I think it was the 40s that that there was the first uh, interpretation with the word homosexual um, that was that was misinterpreted. And so um, where the past 80 years, we're going to have to acknowledge that we've messed that up. And then for those who are of other faiths, maybe who still don't affirm a gay lifestyle or whose personal beliefs don't match up, I think we have to get to the point where we can still coexist without fighting. It doesn't hurt you for me to be gay. That's my biggest thing is I will fight all day long to defend other people um, and make sure that the laws and the culture of this society aren't hurting others. But it doesn't hurt you for me to be gay. And so we just need to be more loving and accepting of each other. But that's just in general. That's not just for gay people. That's kind of overall. Um, But I do want us to, to get to a place one day where you know, maybe kids don't have to come out. Maybe they just, you know, bring home 
you know, if I, if I have a son and he brings home a girl one day, great. If I have a son and he brings home a boy one day, great. Like, I don't care if you're gay or not. Like, I'm going to love you either way. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. They should just be who they are and not have to make this huge coming out instance just to get who they are across. It yeah. just should be them being them. But 100%. Uh, um, awesome. We are at our last question. Oh, wow. uh, so I'm way last... over time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're a talker. All yeah. right. Yeah. What message do you have uh, for gay people? Kind of how we talked about earlier, who are scared to just live life open who they are, as who they are. I would say, again, first, you're not alone. There are other people out there and it does get better. And as I think a lot of the time, people who uh, struggle with, um, especially like accepting their own sexuality are younger not always there are definitely um situations where adults struggle with it too but i think a lot of them are younger and i would say as you get older you have more control over who you let into your life and 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 how much you have to worry about what other people think and so it gets better hang in there and i would also say there are people out there who are fighting for you who are trying to make this world a better place so that you can be who you want to be. And the best thing that you can do is to live authentically as yourself so that we can show this world that there's nothing wrong with being gay, that that we're all still just people, that we're a part of the same human race, and that we all share this life together. And finally, I would say that there is a God who loves you and that it breaks his heart that we have created a world where so many people, um, especially gay people, are scared to be themselves for fear of, in some countries, physical harm um, or scared for their life. In other places, oppression um, from their community or their family or being kicked out of their house or things like that. Like, I am personally sorry for the world that we've created, but I would want everyone to know that the one true God does truly accept you and love you, no matter no matter who you are or what you've done. So you matter and you have a purpose and there is hope. Perfect. Couldn't have said it better. <laughs> Was that our last question? That was our last question. Ah, How does it feel to have, you know, made your first Apple podcast? I'm thrilled. I couldn't be happier that we got to do this. And I'm really glad that you were the one to kind of be along for the ride. How does it feel to have hosted your first podcast interview? Well, uh, audience, I, I have to tell you that uh, this will be Jace's last podcast. I am now <laughs> officially taking over just because I'm better, obviously. So obviously. this will be Jace's last episode. He'll now just be in the corner editing. Uh, oh my gosh. I'll be, the ah. voice. I'll be the voice of the life inspired. Uh, just editing. kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. It's all his. You can take it. Nope. Editing is my least favorite, though. I, if you are going to take anything, you can take that. <laughs> I'll think about it. 
Um, well, thank you, Nick, for for doing this and for being a part of this conversation. And I, again, I really think this was an important thing for us to talk about. So before we go, Nick, are there any final thoughts you want to share? Anything you want to tell the people? It could be about what we've talked about today. It could be about anything in general. Um, your your time to shine here. No, I just want to say, you know, congrats on making it this far. More so about you. Uh, <laughs> out of you, you've done good. So keep it up. And uh, hopefully, anybody listened to this specific episode, uh, it was helpful uh, in any way, shape, or form. Thank you. I appreciate that you did this with me and for me. So thank you, Nick. Um, Also, thank you to everyone who listened this week's episode. I'm going to cut a lot of this out. So guys, what you've just listened to is so much shorter than what Nick and I actually talked about. A lot. Um, But I do appreciate you hanging in there because I'm sure this was still a long episode. And I also appreciate your caring about this topic and about the life inspired. Thanks to everyone who has listened to all six of our episodes. Now, I hope that you will join us on Apple podcasts at some point this month. Uh, Join us next week on Monday. And if you're not already following us on socials, you can check us out at the life inspired pod on Instagram and Facebook. And I hope that today's conversation brought you just a little bit of joy and that it helps you to live the life inspired. Thanks so much.